0: Alright guys, our next guest is riding an impressive three-fight UFC win streak, heading into UFC 263. After his fight with Gregor Gillespie was scrapped in March due to COVID protocols, he now takes on UFC veteran Drew Dober, representing CKB, Brad Quake-Riddell. Welcome back to Submission
1: Radio, how are you man? Glad to be back,
2: been good boy. been good, been head ups and downs this camp, but yeah, all good now.
1: Now Brad, we were talking to uh, Eugene Behrman before this and he let us in on a little secret. Apparently you like to Photoshop his face onto various things. We yeah. see there's the Tiger King hanging over the clock. Break that down for us. And uh, how many things have you exactly Photoshopped his face over? What are some of the favorites? Oh, I've
2: Photoshopped them heaps of stuff. I don't think the Tiger King was me. I think the Tiger King was uh, one of the other guys at the gym. But um, I've put him on some pretty uh, derogatory things in my time, <laughs> probably won't say. But uh, usually when he annoys me, I'll send something through that's uh, pretty insulting. And make i make sure I make a good job of it as well.
0: So you've, you've built a network. Not only do you do it to huge, you, you've got understudies <laughs> putting huge's face on things as well, working for you essentially. Hence the Tiger King thing. Yeah.
2: yeah, man. I've made it like a popular pastime habit. So yeah, people get into it.
0: Were you part of the uh, deciding community for, for putting it above the clock where huge can't reach? That's what he was saying.
2: <laughs> nah, man. Nah. I actually didn't know about those ones, to be honest. I just came into the gym after that lockdown, and um, they were everywhere. Like, we just kept finding them all through the gym, and uh, it was pretty funny. And that one, I think, was the only one that survived, and he couldn't reach it, so it just stayed there. And he just, I think, I don't know, submitted to it and gave up.
1: (laughs) What's the weirdest place you think you've put one up uh, at the gym, at?
2: Oh, there's ones in the bathrooms and stuff, and there's a few in the
1: (laughs) girls' bathrooms as well.
2: Obviously... Yeah, during lockdown there was no girls at the gym so we we're using those but yeah.
0: before we get off it is there any that you can tell us about uh and by the way smish radio censorship free so you can tell us whatever you like but any any other ones that you can let us in on other than the tiger king
2: Nah, because i know america's pretty sensitive <laughs> about uh <laughs> like, you know views on things and and political views and stuff so uh, new zealand we're pretty slack about that uh so i might um I'll keep them to myself. Maybe I'll post it on my Instagram one day you guys can find. I'll keep it relatively
1: PG though. Nice. So so is this something that Drew Dober has to watch out for? Will there be photos of his face all over the workout areas in the hotel when it comes to fight <laughs> night?
2: Maybe if we were on like a tough show or something like that, would, I'd definitely do it. But I don't really know I don't know much about him. And uh yeah, he seems like he's all good, like he's an all right guy, he hasn't annoyed me or anything, so he can uh, he can keep his face on his body. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice, nice. That's like the a. Face
1: Snatcher, Riddell. Yeah.
0: That's <laughs> it's like a Mortal Kombat fatality. All the Aussies are like, oh, mate, where, where have you put you? face. But, man, let, let's talk about this, this camp and I guess what it's been like for you. Because I believe it took ages for you to get home last year after cornering Israel in his fight. Then you were supposed to fight in March against Gregor Gillespie, but then obviously, COVID protocols, you know, scrapped that. How frustrating yep. for you was it, you know, getting all the way there, doing the camp and having this big fight ultimately to not get a chance to get in there and compete?
2: Yeah, it was, uh, the, the trips are annoying. Like, um, to be honest, the fights used to be, you know, the fights are still fun. Fight week's still fun. Um, but like that extra lag that we have to do on the way home, that quarantine, that makes them a little bit more annoying. It used to be like a, a getaway for a week, you know, like one of us would go fight or... Um, you'd go watch your mate for a few days and come home. But now it's just like an ordeal, like three, three weeks to four weeks, you know, sometimes even longer for hooker mm. and, um, whatever, like you, you do it. It's part of the job now. And you get, usually you fight and you come home and you sort of bum around in quarantine and like rest for a little bit. But the last one sucked because, um, I had no fight, bro. I had no like uh way to let out all that steam. You know, I was like bottled up all, like, filled with pressure and frustration. And I had to sit in, like, a room for another two weeks. And when when we're in America, like, they, they quarantine us in Vegas, too. Like, not not as, like, strictly, but you're stuck in the motel area and you go between there and the apex. And it's kind of like, you know, it was like a month of quarantine. So, and no fight. Jeez. So yeah, that
1: was shit. That was shit. So is it a situation now where you just have nightmares about these planes? I mean, me and Casper have experienced the grueling flight from australia to america many times but you having to be stuck over there with no fight and then before that you were stuck over there as well when you guys only made it back by christmas or something with israel and the guys as well so that's two times you've been over there with no real sort of fight yeah that
2: was a massive lag uh that that first i think you guys got a little bit of a flight than us but like ours is what's yours ours is like
0: 11 12 hours we've got four got 14 like melbourne or Um, sydney to la about 14 yeah
1: and me and casper stop in china and everywhere in between so it takes (laughs) us about 50 hours to fly there we're on the budget one we're with the dogs and the pets oh yeah yeah yeah, Yeah,
2: i'd I'd be the same if i was paying for my ticket as well (laughs) yeah but um yeah it's uh that, that one in um, San Diego, that was massive. You know, that was like, what was that, like seven weeks or nine weeks, mm. something like that. It was huge. And uh, what made it worse was it was unexpected, bro. <laughs> like, we uh, we went over there and thought we were just going to come back and do, like, the two-week quarantine. And we were, like, a little bit annoyed about that. But, like, we were like, ah oh, whatever. You know, Carlos is, is a big opportunity for him. Get a UFC contract. Me, you know, made the most of that. And then, like, we got a phone call, like, two days after the fight, or the day after the fight, Eugene was like, oh, i got some bad news. He's like, you can take this, you know, you can take this two ways, really badly or make the most out of it. And I was just like, oh, shit, i got a bad – and then he's like, you can't come home till December the 15th. And I was like, what? I was like, it's, like, November the 5th, man. Like, I so I
1: was
2: like, fuck, where do we go? Like, what do we do? And then – um. We had some mates down in Atos and, uh, you know, San Diego. So we, we bounced down there and and grappled there for five weeks. So that was pretty cool. They definitely made it way better, man. Like the people we met in uh, in San Diego, they were dope. And the people at Atos, dudes, man, they were all awesome, man. So they, they definitely made that, that lag way, way better than it you know, could have been. Five so, weeks, oh, sorry, seven weeks in Vegas. So that would have been shit.
1: hmm <laughs> So as soon as you got that ph- phone call from Eugene, you h- heard the news instantly on Photoshop, putting his face on something, right? On <laughs> everything. <laughs> it
2: wasn't on here either, but it was mainly on asses. I'll tell you that. I was <laughs>
1: how's
0: well okay so uh, with with all the the steam about to to erupt um how's the training been for drew dober i almost feel like you got a few bolt-ons with the with the time at atos just working on your ground game and grappling and i guess that's that's kind of you know piggybacked into this camp
2: yeah man like uh that that atos uh gig was kind of ideal for that fight that was lining up for Gregor. um especially after that last fight you know um it looked like the jiu-jitsu scrambles really worked against him, you know, for like a while, like that looked like a, a bit of a hole in his game. So, you know, that would have, I think that would have gone really well, that fight for me. Um, and now I guess I just got way better at grappling. So now I've just got more, more tricks. Yeah. Like you said, more bolt-ons, more, more, more shit to use in the fight against Drew. Like I've obviously been striking for a very long time. So that's not really a concern. Um, and now I'm just going to add, add some grappling to it. But, uh, yeah, man, it's going to be a dope fight. You know, I only watched Drew the other day. I hadn't watched him all camp. I just watched him um, last week, and I was like, man, this guy, like, really likes to, to come forwards and fights. So, yeah, that's uh sort of what I like as well. <laughs> so it's going to be cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, Drew's been in there for a really long time. He's really well-rounded, and it's interesting because he had a bit of an amateur Muay Thai uh, background. He was an amateur Muay Thai champion two times over, but obviously... You know, you're a world-class striker, world-class Muay Thai fighter, beating some of the best. Do you think that he's going to try and test his striking against you, or do you think his game plan yeah. is to strictly take it to the ground?
2: I reckon he'll strike. I reckon he'll try to strike against me. He probably, um, you know, he's uh, pretty experienced, and he's probably got a chip on his shoulder. Probably wants to prove that he's a good striker, so I assume that he's going to stand there with me. He might shoot and wrestle. Who knows? Like, you can change your mind last minute, or if it's not really going that well for him on his feet, if he's getting outclassed, he might start shooting. But, uh, you know, whatever. I'm pretty keen for the, to, to just fight, man, just for it to go wherever. Like, I I, want to get in there and and have a, have a fight. You know, a guy had like an analogy the other day on a radio station. He was saying that like, fight camps are like shaking up bottles of fizzy drink. You Hmm. know, like you shake up the whole camp and then the fight, you like pop the top and it blows off. And that's like the fight. But, uh, like my bottle got shook up the whole camp, bro, and it never got opened. It just sort of like fizzled back into itself. So that's kind of how I feel
0: hundred percent. There's a lot of innuendo in in this interview, I feel. Very, very erotic, if anyone's taking notes. But no, in in all seriousness... Yeah, even
2: my hand
0: just says, my bad. All good, man, all good. You know, the the MMA demographic is all guys anyway, so you're just endearing yourself to people anyway. We
1: know what Brad is talking about. Let me go away for 15 minutes and listen to this interview later. (laughs) What what, what
0: is it that you like about those fights, though? Uh, You know, like a guy like Drew, who you reckon is going to come forward, and it's going to be, I guess, if all goes... Uh, has expected it's going to be a bit of a war, right? What do you like about that, just yeah. kind of standing toe-to-toe with someone like that?
2: Um, well, I, mainly I like to test myself. You know, I'm sure a lot of people always say that, but I actually kind of mean it. Um, I feel that the lightweight division is so deep, you could spend your time, you know, not even getting close to the rankings, having all these wars with these, these dudes. But, um or, you know, you could also spend your time, like, picking much easier fights and never really getting to the top. So, what what sort of a, appeals to me about Drew is that he's always game. He's always in there to fight. Like, some people get in there and they have good fights if the momentum's going their way. He seems to sort of, like, get stuck into it regardless of whether it's going good or bad. And so, I really like to fight people like that. Like, they, they always bring out the best in me. Uh, When I feel like the level's a little bit lower, I tend to coast sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like uh, Drew's not really that guy. I feel like even if it's going bad, let's say I'm like towing him up on his feet and stuff like that, I feel like he'll still just keep coming forwards and and trying to win that fight no matter what. So that's why it's going to be cool. That's why I was excited to fight Gregor, too, you know? Mm. Because he's like that, too. He's a gamer.
0: Yeah, I was bummed when that fight fell out because that was a really, really good matchup. But this is a pretty yeah. good kind of replacement. Yeah. You and Drew, oh, man, that it kind of has fight of the night written all over it. But I'm just wondering, sort of going back to the analogy of the, of the fizzy drink, does that affect things in any way? Um, I don't know, just like mentally, like if you've had all this pent up sort of, uh, you know, steam from the training camp and then you're going in, do you have to be extra cautious to not... Uh, i i don't know kind of like blow the load early on do you have to pace yourself a little bit more just because you have that Uh, pent up uh steam
2: yeah like it's uh, it is pent up bro but like i'm very uh experienced Mm -hmm. and uh you know i've been not in this exact situation before like i haven't had a fight of this magnitude cut on the day you know eight hours before the fight but i've had fights pull out uh very close to it and then had like another one a little bit later and managed to like you know still stay really composed and professional and, and still get my thing done. But, you know, if I get the opportunity to let some shit go, I'm definitely going to. Uh, if he stands there a little bit too long and covers up, I'm going to like let some shit uncork and get some frustration out. But, you know, I'm always very fit when I fight, so if I do do that, it's not really uh, too detrimental to
1: myself. Drew is a guy that a lot of the U.S. fans have known and seen fight for a really long time. Obviously, you're coming into this fight on this win streak. What do you think a win over him does in terms of, I suppose, for the fans that haven't really seen you in action in other parts of the world outside of New Zealand, who haven't maybe taken uh, notice of you and what you've been able to do thus far in your career, what do you think a win does for you?
2: Well, it's definitely going to, like, you know, widen the uh, the American uh, market a little bit for me. Uh, it's going to put me like on their spectrum a bit more, and it's obviously going to put me in the rankings. I think he's ranked fourteenth. Uh, people keep saying because uh, you know there's been a bit of shuffling going on. In a lightweight division, so it'll hopefully put me in the top fifteen as well. So it's a very, very uh, appealing and um, advantageous win for me. You know, like if I get this done, it's it's looking good for the future, you know, like I get
1: to just keep chopping my way up this tree, like through these like fourteen other monsters that are in front of me. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, mine is Dan, of course, the teammate, but everybody yeah. else in the division is on notice. What? What? I mean, you've had a good run in the UFC. You're on this win streak, but you haven't been able to fight as frequently, I, I believe, yeah. as you would have liked. I mean, take us into that a little bit. How much do you really want to, how active do you really want to try and stay per year? And what are a couple of those things outside of crazy COVID protocols and having to be stuck in different countries for long periods of time? What are some of those other things that have sort of slowed down the frequency of what you've been able to fight at the UFC and so far?
2: Uh, they- to be honest, bro, you just like you you answered that question like that's the only thing that's been in the way like up until up until COVID, man, it was all good. Like uh, I was fighting, I was pretty uh, active, you know. I had like Jamie, and then I had Megamed, and then I had uh, um, Alex, and then I had Gregor a few months later. Like Gregor was supposed to be in like uh, February, so that was like pretty good timing. That was like four fights in twelve months or whatever. And or like just over. And I was like, that's a pretty good that's a pretty active schedule for the UFC. Like it's not stupidly active like Israel was at the start and PDR and Hmm. stuff, but it's like, you know, more active than a lot of people get to be. And then COVID just sort of fucked it all up. And um like just kept stamping all my fights and all my opportunities. And what makes it harder for us is because we're we're far away, it's it's easier to travel travel as like a collective, right? Like get a bunch of fights on one card and go as a group it minimizes costs and all that sort of stuff, paying for COVID and travels and, you know, purses and, and, and coaches and stuff like that. And it also, uh, you know, narrows down people's time away from their families, right? Like myself, Eugene, all my other coaches have kids. So we can all sort of get through that Annoying little hardship together when we're sitting in that room for two weeks. But, like, when you start chopping the fights up and I fight, then Izzy fights, and Dan fights, like, people are spending months and months away from home. Pain the ass, bro. So, COVID's mm-hmm. like, fuck, it's not that but Like, it's annoying and it's kind of bad, but, like, I mean, people got it way worse than us, bro. Like, at least we still get a fight and work.
0: Yeah, for sure. Dennis and I were talking just before about all the people that have lost their jobs and also their businesses and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to ask you also, like, with with your run in the UFC so far, it's kind of like a, a nice organic, gradual ascent rather than sometimes you see guys just getting thrown, you know, straight to the top of the division. Do you like that, or yeah. or is it kind of a case where because of these slowdowns, part of you is like, all right, you know, assuming all goes well with Dober, you just want to kind of go up quicker in the division. How do you sort of feel about uh- it?
2: Yeah, like, all goes as well with, with Drew. Uh, I'm going to bang out, like, another two or three this year. So, like, I'm mm. oh, sorry, three in total this year. So, another two before the end of the year. That would be ideal. September and December is what I'm looking at. Uh, obviously, this is all, if everything goes well, this, this game is pretty fickle. But uh, I think the way I was going was, like, a really good ascent. You know, I was getting, like, I was fighting really hard guys that were, like, had really good skill sets and, you know, General MMA, like, although predominantly wrestlers, Jamie was like a little bit of everything. Maggie Meg was like a dangerous striker, but like a pretty, you know, high level grappler. And then Alex was an okay striker, but, you know, a really, really strong grappler. And I sort of like ticked these boxes by chewing through each of these guys. And so I was like, you know, building that confidence, like, yeah, nah, nah, I am, I am, I am at this level. I am collegiate. I can grapple with these dudes, no problem. And then Gregor was like my, my pinnacle test mm. for my graph one. And that didn't happen, but I'm going to get him. I'll get him back. Like, you know, all goes well with Drew. I'm going to fight Gregor next.
0: Good, because I still want to see that fight uh, between the two of you, so that's very good to hear. Uh, speaking of fights, stop fighting with your razor when shaving your balls and leaving your sack looking like a bloody mess, like it just won fight of the night. Get the Manscaped Lawn Mower 3.0 with its skin-safe technology. Never, ever fear about cutting your balls or nicking your sack ever again. Uh, they spent, I think, over 18 months perfecting the science and engineering this, uh, this, this beauty of a machine, the best grooming tool on the market, so you never have to worry about cutting yourself ever again. Uh, The 7,000 RPM motor, the LED uh, light, the waterproof feature so you can do it in the shower, just bang it out, smooth balls for the rest of the week at least. Uh, And they're giving away a promo code of 20% off. So if you like deals, if you like bargains, if you like saving money, which of course you do, uh, use promo code SUBMISSION, get your lawnmower 3.0 with 20% off. Isn't that right, Dennis?
1: That's right, Cass. And while you're saving money, why not make some money with my bookie? You guys could sign up to my bookie today with the code word submission and my bookie will match your deposit halfway up to $1,000. That's right. Sign up with promo code submission. And my bookie will match your deposit halfway up to $1,000. And why wouldn't you do that with Mayweather and Logan Paul fighting this weekend or Monday here in Australia and New Zealand? Or you've got UFC 263 next weekend as well. There are fights to make money on. They take good care of you when you bet and they pay fast when you win. Go to my bookie now, sign up with code word submission and they will match your deposit up to $1,000. There's some serious money to be made there, Cass. And while we're making you money... Let's save you a little bit more money before we wrap up here. And that is with our friends at Surfshark VPN. You guys know right now it has gone off. You've got your boxing. You've got your UFC. But what about your NBA playoffs? What about the NFL? What about all of these other things that are happening that you guys can't watch here in Australia and New Zealand? Uh, maybe a horse wants to box a unicorn. You can't watch it because your VPN isn't there and you're not able to watch it because of geo-locking. Go to Surfshark right now and take advantage of this crazy, crazy deal. Enter promo code submission for 83% discount and three months for free. That's right, three extra months for free. Go to surfshark.deals forward slash submission and enter promo code submission now. I was gonna say as well, Brad, I mean, lightweight right now, it's just on fire. There are so many great fights and especially with a set that you have It's like fight of of the night after fight of the night, fight of the year after fight of the year. There's a bunch of really great opponents. I'm just wondering, eventually, when you do sort of make it to the top of the division, what is the dream fight that sort of stands out to you? I mean, there's you and Gaethje, you and Ferguson, you and Oliveira, all these fights that would be super exciting. Is there one guy that you think about and you go, man, that would be an absolute scrap, maybe one one of the fights of the year?
2: Yeah, I think Gagey or Michael Chandler. You know, those would be some bangers. Uh, Ferguson kind of appeals to me, but not, not, not like, you know, not heaps. I, I felt like uh, we sort of had that guy's game figured out for quite a long time and people just started to expose it now. Um, you know, he's very, very hittable. And if you're fit enough to keep moving and keep him, doing, keep him away from doing that zombie walk down, uh, you can just smack him for, like, you know, three rounds, five rounds, whatever it takes. He might stay standing. He might go down. Who knows? And get, Gagey sort of exposed that. And since then, it's, you know, like sort of the blueprint now. But um, I think Chandler, man. Chandler and me would be a mad banger. And, um, yeah, Gagey. Mm. <laughs> Gagey. Yeah. Not Gagey.
0: You've listed all the fun ones, man. All those would be uh, great yeah. great matchups. I'm just curious what you think of Oliveira's champion, a guy that you know many people wouldn't have necessarily picked a few years ago to be lightweight champion. Now here he is, better than ever. Yeah. And do you see him as a guy that can possibly be, you know, a sort of long term champion?
2: Yeah, man. I think what a great champion. Like, why would you look at that? He's got like a Cinderella story to that belt, mm. man. And he's not a dickhead of a guy. He just loves fighting. He's been in the company a long time and he's probably been underpaid a long time and i hope he gets uh you know i start i hope he gets compensated for for his efforts now because yeah man i i think he's a really good champion much better than mcgregor was he's just you know he's a, he's he's a good guy to look up to he's got an awesome skill set and he just uh you know he does his talking in the ring of his uh, with his tools of his trade so yeah man kudos to him congratulations for that belt enjoy it
0: mm. it's interesting like uh when you say better than mcgregor is it a case of you know the trash i guess with mcgregor came a lot of like uh money and stuff i guess he brought a lot of interest to the division when you say oliver uh-huh. is better what, what is it about you that what is it about him that kind of works for you as a champion
2: well he's a bit of role model right he's a bit of, uh, he's a better person to aspire to be um he obviously I'm not going to deny that if someone put all that money in front of me that McGregor has and said have it for fighting I'll be like yeah hell yeah I'll talk for trash too (laughs) yeah who are my opponents um but not the other shit he gets up to outside man like that's not someone you want to look up to or you want to be like yeah
0: One more thing. I wanted to ask you, Brad, also, as a high-level striker, I wonder what you're expecting from uh, Poirier and McGregor if you think Conor can sort of make the necessary adjustments. Uh, He seemed quite caught off guard by those calf kicks, and I know that's very much a staple down at CKB. That's something that you guys are very, very familiar with. Um, And obviously, with those guys, they're probably going to fight Oliveira next. Um, Who do you see fighting Oliveira next?
2: Probably uh, Dustin. Hopefully Dustin. But I think... uh... You know, obviously McGregor's going to make some adjustments. Um, He doesn't have the best track record once the fight goes longer. Dustin has a very good track record when the fight goes longer. And he's also proven that he's very durable, like the Dustin that he is now. And McGregor hit him with some pretty clean stuff, and he sort of just carries on and shakes off a little bit. And and, and he's very patient when he fights. And I just, yeah, I I don't know, man. I don't think uh, McGregor, if it was the old McGregor, it would be a different story, but I just don't see
1: that same hunger and uh, tenacity that he used to have in him anymore. It's definitely an exciting time in the division. Now, you're going to be on this card, Brad, with Israel, your teammate from CKB. Usually, yep. you guys have uh, about a, a billion fights on one card. This is a rare, a rare occasion where it's just you and him. Um, yep. How does it feel like to be on this card with him, together? And also, will you try and get in the back and help him warm up and get ready if things go to plan against uh, Drew earlier in the night? Oh, I
2: definitely won't help him warm up. <laughs> I'll, go, <laughs> I'll, go, I'll, go, I'll go out the back and just watch him warm
1: up. That's <laughs>
2: but, uh, yeah, man, I'll, I'll yeah, if all goes well, like, when i lose, man, like, you know, obviously I'm not planning on losing, but, mm-hmm. like, whatever happens, I'm going to go out there and support him. Like, my, my, my gig will be done by then and it's, that'll be his time to shine, and I'll go and sit there and watch him and support him. Brian, yeah, I we bring home those two wins.
0: I can't imagine what it's going to be like for you sitting in the back, watching your, your, your teammate fight um, you know, we feel anxiety. We want to watch, uh, you know, people we like fight. <laughs> let alone someone like you, who's you know a genuine friend to Israel. Uh, but I'm curious with with him rematching Vittori, It's been almost zero talk. We we got some words out of Huge before, but other than that, almost zero interviews. No promotion for the fight. What are you expecting from this one, and how it uh, potentially plays out in the rematch?
2: Uh, I I think Israel's going to stop him, man. Uh, either stop him or give him an absolute hiding. Uh you know, like as his track record. Uh, shows against people that he doesn't like uh, he usually gives them absolute hiding and he definitely doesn't like Marvin so i put my money on Izzy that's for sure
1: yeah it's going to be an exciting night of fights and um, we appreciate your time Brad of course of course, we just want to quickly touch on the fact that it's been a really tough time for the team we were talking to Eugene Bahrman about it and obviously the horrific death of your friend and teammate Fovake after getting hit with a cowards punch and yeah, very so. tragically passing away. Um, it, it's just, it's tough to even talk about it. I know it's hit uh, the whole gym really hard. I know it's hit the, the community in New Zealand really hard and everybody in Australia even really just sad about what, what's gone on. How, how have you been able to sort of manage focusing on the fight and how, how are you doing right now, sort of a couple of weeks out? Well,
2: you just, we just had to separate the two men, uh, I guess, like work and grieving. It was uh, a painful week when he was, you know, in a coma and we were, you know, sort of praying for him to wake up and heal. And, you know, he kept getting extended a day. So it was, it was, you know, we were getting very hopeful, even though there was like, you know, a 1% chance. And unfortunately on the Sunday, his heart decided to stop and foul left us. And, you know, these fucking dudes need to be punished accordingly and i'm embarrassed at our government for how they punish people that do something like this um they say you know it's manslaughter but manslaughter is accidental murder Two people having a fight or something like that someone gets hit and they go down and die There was nothing accidental about this this was an attack and he was hurt when he wasn't look when he wasn't looking and he died so in my eyes that's murder Mm -hmm. and you know murder should carry a maximum penalty so these guys should go away for life After they've taken someone's life off the planet willingly this should be removed you know like not saying they should be killed but they should be locked in a box for the rest of their lives
0: mm, I, I mean i can't imagine what you, what you guys are going through but yeah. are, are you are you hoping that because obviously of the the high profile nature of ckb do you hope it kind of raises awareness and then maybe it does lead to some yeah. changes in laws
2: well, that's our goal. That's like the goal with all these petitions, and you know, this all this social media activity that we have going about it is to get this legislation changed, and you know, get uh, maximum penalty brought in for the coward punch, because that's what it is, man. You're a coward if you punch someone on the side of the head when they're not looking. Uh, or if you, even if you just go out on the weekend and do that stuff anyway like it's just ridiculous go to a gym mm. so yeah hopefully we do manage to get this changed and we do have like quite a big social media presence and we have a lot of smart people at our gym so yeah it's you know it's definitely a possibility and i hope it it does come to fruition
1: yeah and if somebody watches this i mean it's definitely something to get behind especially if you live in new zealand and can help
2: Change yeah. these
1: laws. Um, as, as you go into this fight, obviously, there's a lot on your mind, your family, your team, your country. But will he also be sort of on your mind as you step into battle next weekend? Yeah.
2: Yeah, 100%, bro. He'll be, like, at the forefront of my mind uh, when I fight.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: My family's safe and healthy in here. Uh, you know, I fight to feed them, look after them. But, you know, foul uh, is definitely taking precedence <laughs> for this one.
0: Mm. Well, we're looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to—is it. it a fight that you sort of dedicate to fail, uh potentially this win?
2: Yeah, could be. Mm. Could be, bro. All
0: right. Well, as we let you go, man, what is what is I guess the final prediction for for Drew? How do you see yourself getting it done and getting your hand raised?
2: I'm definitely going to outclass him in all aspects of the sport. That's my that's my prediction for this one. Uh, I won't say I knock him out, or, or like I won't say I will, or I won't. But uh, I'm definitely going to outclass him.
1: There you guys go. You can catch Brad in action at UFC 263. Make sure to follow him at Brad Quake Rodell on Instagram for all of the latest news and updates on how he's going, going into the fight. Uh, Brad, we appreciate you coming to the show, man. Thanks so much for taking the time. And I hope you don't get stuck <laughs> over in America for another 12 months before we speak to you next, man. I hope I I'm get, that, but... <laughs> praying, praying for a speedy return. And also yeah. thank, thank thank the wife for setting up the tripod because – It looks very professional. We appreciate it. She can hear you. She says cheers.
0: Nice, nice. (laughs) Thanks for the time, Brad. Appreciate it, man. Good luck.
1: All right, guys.
2: Bye. Bye.